Welcome to Grand County Matters. My name is John Sanderson. This show is for and about all of the people who live, work, and love Grand County. It doesn't matter what part of the county you call home, I hope to have something for everyone. This edition of Grand County Matters is brought to you by Sanderson Commercial Real Estate. The name Grand County Trusts when specialization matters. Online at sandersonre.com. Hello and welcome back to Grand County Matters. Today, I'm talking about a really interesting program with Maggie Michalowski, the crew program director at Middle Park High School. The crew program, as I'm sure Maggie will elaborate, is designed and intended for at-risk students who may be struggling in a traditional gen ed course load. The grand crew program tailors education to individuals with traditional and non-traditional learning from being in class to climbing rocks and being outside. In addition, with Maggie today is Sam Taylor, one of the crew students who's going to give his feedback on what it's like to be in the program. Hello and welcome to both of you. Hi, John. Thank you so much for having us. Yes, it's an honor to be uh, here. And hello, Grand County. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Well, first, thanks, Maggie, for reaching out to me to talk about the, the Grand Crew program. I said earlier before we recorded that I got this message through either the Facebook page or the, or the Grand County Matters website about, hey, let's talk about Grand Crew. And I didn't have any idea what that was, so I didn't even respond. And then I got Maggie's note and it spelled it out a little bit more. And it's super interesting to me because I think non-traditional learning is going to become more the norm rather than the exception as we move forward. So Maggie, tell us about the program. Yeah, thanks. Um, So the Grand Crew program is, uh, like you said, a program, an alternative program here at Middle Park High School. We're tasked with serving all Grand County kind of high school kids. So sometimes we have students from Kremlin, partial kind of area, enroll at Middle Park so that, that they can be a part of the program as well. But we're serving high school age and the whole range. So we've got freshmen all the way up to seniors. And our our job is to take these guys wherever they may be in their lives and um, in their educational journey and move them forward, supporting them through all the things that they're going through, both as you know high schoolers and then whatever else extra is piled on with that in their lives. So my vision was to create an environment where they felt really safe, really, um, really supported, and uh, really encouraged to pursue what they are interested in and embrace their gifts and apply that to their academic life so that they can feel a little bit more successful and feel that this experience is a little bit more tailored to them. So we do the traditional you know, core academics, science, math, social studies, and English, and we follow the state standards just like the rest of the high school, but we have a little bit more freedom to uh, make those cross-curricular. So we might be talking about concepts uh, you know, throughout math, English, science, and social studies, right? So we did a project on fires for our science section, and we're able to kind of come at that from a lot of different perspectives. Like, what is the social studies, you know, impact that you could discover um, about wildfire and the impact in our community? We actually did that before Troublesome hit, um, so we were primed to be thinking about that. But uh, that's just an example of one of the things that we were able to do to get out in the community and understand one topic across a bunch of different um, curriculum. So we do that. We are getting these kids ready for graduation. And uh, when I first started the program, another teacher from an alternative program told me about a regret that he had. And that was that he graduated a student who later decided to go to college and she got to college feeling totally unprepared. So that was really impactful for me. I said, I need to make sure that whatever they choose down the road, that they're ready for 
a career right out of high school or, or college at some point. So we want to keep that rigor up um, and at the same time integrate all this other uh, really interesting stuff to the students. So uh, I came at that at the academics, you know, kind of that route. I want these guys to feel confident and ready for whatever is next. And then I also uh, came to the county after about eight years working for Colorado Outward Bound School. And I took a Outward Bound course as a student in high school, and it was really life changing. I really loved it. And Kurt Hahn, the founder, is one of my heroes. So. I did a lot of thinking about how to integrate that um, that experiential learning into this program as well. So at the same time as we're doing those academic things, we take the kids rock climbing, like you said. Uh, right now we're planning our trip to Utah where we're going to be canyoneering and rappelling, you know, doing a free hanging rappel. And uh, I know that those experiences are are potentially very profound and impactful for the students. And I want to impart to them the idea that they can accomplish really cool, important things that they don't ever need to back down from a challenge, right? So when you look out and you see the skyline of Grand County, our students have been up there on those mountains and they have stood at the top of Jane's Peak and they've stood at the top of uh, Mount Chauncey and they've stood above this county. And when they walk outside, they see the, that, that idea of their accomplishments and their potential. So I uh, designed that, you know, I wanted them to know and be reminded of what they're capable of all the time. And we try to continue throughout the year with challenges that uh, give them a feeling of accomplishment and success and, and confidence that they can take to whatever they do next. Very interesting. You know, I don't think the program was there when my oldest daughter, Rachel, was a student. So how does this program get born? I mean, where does it come from? How did you come up with the idea? Yeah, um, that's a great question. So actually, about nine years ago, when I first moved to Grand County, uh, I had just finished my master's in statistics and was looking for something uh, you know, ready to transition away from Outward Bound and have a community. So that piece was important. And at the same time that we were moving here, uh, social services actually wanted, they commissioned this program. And there was something similar in Route County. It was called the Day Treatment Alternative Program. And in that program, I was an academic interventionist, sort of, and I was working with uh, sixth grade all the way to 12th graders. And at the same time, our caseload, we had a therapist that would work with all the kids at the same time. And we uh, had a lot of success. We were able to help students with that. However, they were in their gen ed courses. So whenever I wanted to work with a student or the therapist wanted to work with a student, we had to pull them out of a class that they were in. And so that was disruptive for the students and for the teachers. And we started to think about what we could do differently. And uh, I thought, you know, I'm I'm game. I'll, I'll take them all day. <laughs> and so, uh, we we made a program out of it and and major props to Frank Reeves, our superintendent over here and Tanya Shipman, who was a school board uh, director at the time and and had a child protective services over at social services that they were they had faith in me and Ellen Van Bakken at the time, who was a therapist to put this thing together and and breathe life into it. Um, I think it was a leap of faith on their parts and I'm forever grateful to Frank for, for letting that happen and um, and putting the school district's you know seal of approval on it. And it's been a learning curve for sure. I did visit some other alternative programs and kind of picked and, cho and chose what I thought would be effective here in Grand County. And I brought in my experience from Outward Bound and um, yeah, so it was, it was collaborative and we did a little bit of copycatting from other programs, but it is unique to to Grand County and, and really no, nothing like it was here before we started. So we're in our uh, fourth year right now, about to wrap up our fourth year and have been learning and refining and honing it every year. And I think that, you know, we're starting to really hit our stride. Uh, that's why a lot of people haven't heard of it. I was I was a little nervous at first. I was like, well, you know, I'm not sure if this is going to work. <laughs> and so I didn't want to make a, make all kinds of people look at us in just in case. But I, you know, that's a testament to our students, 
I think like I told these guys on a recent trip that it doesn't happen without them. And the students had to take a leap of faith as well because they're leaving their friends to join our program. They don't get to sit, you know, with their friends in their typical classes and they do make sacrifices to join the crew. Um, and they have to have some faith in it as well. Same for the parents. So um, we just had this right mix of students who were willing to try something new, superintendent who was trying to do something to, to help these youth that were maybe not going to succeed in the traditional model. And um, we wanted to provide something that was going to be effective. And I think that we really found that. We've really refined this thing into a beautiful thing. It's really, really interesting. Hey, Sam, what, yes, uh, tell, tell us, tell us what brought you to the crew program. Well, I moved, I originally lived here, um, when I was probably through kindergarten, I moved up to Montana. Um, before the whole pandemic hit, I was struggling in my school. Um, and I was struggling with a lot of mental stuff. Once that pandemic hit, that only got worse. And I had a terrible home situation, so that didn't help. So Thanksgiving, I moved down here. Uh, and my father told me about the crew program. And I thought to myself, I have nothing to lose. I might as well just do this. I have no other choice. I've exhausted every other option. Um, so I just joined. It's it's not as grandiose as like, a, oh, I, I found it when I was on the other side of the country and I came here and it was everything I dreamed it was. No, I had no other option, but I'm really glad I did join. Well, I think it's pretty amazing that a young man of your age can not only to admit that he was in a bad situation, but that he was having some challenges and you recognize that you needed somebody to help you. And it sounds like that's the program that you found. And that's a, that's a common experience, I think, for our students. You know, they, um, not all of them are like, you know, I've always dreamed of a program like this, right? But they hear about it and they're like, well, you know, traditional education is not working and, and maybe this will. Um, and, and almost always our students uh, feel at home, I think, here and feel safe. And, and they're like, oh, wow. You know, I think in a lot of ways we kind of exceed their expectations. They're maybe nervous or there maybe is a stigma whatever the barrier might be. Um, and then we have students who want to come back year after year. And this is how they feel successful. And it's genuine that um, that they, they have help with us. And we're always working to help them feel better and, and gain wellness and make good choices. And we accept where they are and the mistakes that they make. And all of that is is important to making it um, making it successful. Yeah, I totally agree. I uh, I dropped out of college three times, <laughs> and I never finished. And you know, I grew up in a family where being in education was important, but I it was just never my thing. And you know, I'm a little bit older than both of you, but back then, uh, you went to college. That's what you did. And then when you didn't finish college, you, you a little bit became the black sheep. And so nowadays, I think alternative education and alternative career paths and trade schools, it's all so important because we're all cut from a different cloth. Everybody needs something a little bit different. Yeah, I think we, you know, that's part of my intention is to, uh, you know, to look at the world and the needs of the world as opportunities for us to uh, to explore our gifts, right? And um, it could be that you know your family has always done this one thing, and and that's what feels like your path. Um, and that may or may not be what your real gift is about. So we try to give these guys opportunities to to push themselves into new things and discover 
oh, you know, that's actually something that I find really gratifying. And um, this is something that I that I really didn't consider doing before. And now I want to do it. Um, trying to think of some good examples, but uh, we, you know, we've worked with all kinds of people in the county. So uh, I, I could go on and on and on, but, uh, you know, for example, we took the kids over to one of the daycare centers and they got to experience what it was like to work with those really young children. And one of the girls decided like she wanted to go into, into that field because she thought it was really awesome to be there with those young kids. And that's not necessarily where she was going with her life before that. Um, so I think that was really neat. And then, um, you know, like Sam came in, he wasn't sure what he wanted to do. And now he's getting really into creative writing, thinking about uh, being a creative writing teacher. So uh, at some point when the pandemic isn't in the way, we're going to connect Sam with some other teachers down at the middle school and have him facilitate a creative writing um, experience for students down there. So we just have this awesome flexibility and we've got these awesome partners in the community and we're putting it together to make uh, make you know, this educational experience, uh, 360, right? So we're not, we're not just checking boxes, but trying to support them in, in whatever that it is that they might want to pursue. So Sam, tell us about a day in the life of being on the crew. What, what happens morning to afternoon? Day in the life. Well, <laughs> I'd say, um, before lunch. So before noon, it's really just, uh, I think right now we have science for the first half of the morning. And then for the last half, we have social studies, which I would say compared to normal um, school, or at least Bozeman High School, the one I went to before, um, the things I learned here, at least with that and then last quarter, the math and the English, I feel like I could genuinely use in real life. And it's not just busy work for the sake of uh, filling your cup with the tears of your students. <laughs> um, Speaking of uh, creative writing. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, about, yeah, and then after lunch, it varies extremely. Like today, we had a day where we did, I think, arts and crafts would be the best way to put it. Um, we had kids who were knitting, kids who were painting. I was trying to write. Um, it's some sometimes in the afternoon we go out and cross country ski. We play uh, ultimate frisbee or another game, and it's it's really relaxed. Like it's not structured much. Like there's there's the um, core classes in the beginning and then after lunch, it's it's really just easy going. Like you feel free, I guess, is the best way to put it. Let's talk about some of your peers. We don't have to name them by name. Just the people that you go to school with now. What do you think they get out of the program? What do you what do you hear from a feedback of how they feel about their education experience? Um, how I would guess for some of them would be just a better education, something they would be able to use in real life. Um, others, it might be an easier education, or maybe it's the, did you call it adventure education? Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, going outside more or the lack of structure. It, it's, it varies. It's. I can't pin it down with one example, which I think is a good thing for this. Like my experience varies wildly from the person who sits next to me or the person who's on the other side of the room. And when you say that, can you elaborate a little bit about how your experience is different than somebody else's experience? Are you talking about emotionally or the day-to-day -day education process? I would say both day-to-day -day education um the schools i the school i went to before um compared to the classes we're taking now i personally find the content easier to understand and um 
I guess I'm going to keep going back to, I can use this in real life. So this is worth the time. And emotionally, I was in a deep funk when I moved here and I was really down and being in the real, this kind of really accepting, uh, place really helped me but another kid might be like they never learned this stuff like a freshman or sophomore they come in and this is really advanced stuff but it's it's to the it's understandable for anyone like you could bring in um you could bring in a freshman and a senior and they would both learn the same thing with relative ease Well, that's great. The, um, you know, the core curriculum, the state issues, I don't, I don't know the rules. Is that, you know, by credit hour or certain, uh, certain books that you have to teach? How does that work? Yeah, fortunately, the state does not prescribe any specific books or anything. Um, you can go to the CDE webpage, Colorado Department of Education, and you'll find each subject area divided up in each subject area. There's been a lot of thought put into exactly what we want um, prepared graduates to have under their belt. So um, it's it's more broad than just giving you a, a list of textbooks and things like that. And it's concepts, um, you know, whatever subject it is you're dealing with, they, they tell you what they want students, a prepared graduate to know. So, you know, for example, in English, you could look at the English language arts standards and there's a very, very similar structure for ninth, 10th, 11th and 12th grades. And as you go through, you'll find four sections. It's like a oral expression and listening and reading for all purposes and, and these divisions of the English language arts study. And then under those, you'll find a similar theme throughout those four years of standards that they've divided up. And then, you know, your your seniors are just going to get more and more in depth. And as you as you get uh, as you progress through the years of high school, those standards just get a little bit more in depth, a little bit uh, more critical thinking in each. Right. So that's a, that's kind of how the English ones work. Uh, science is you've got your biology, your physical science, your chemistry, and what, what concepts do we want students to have um, in those areas? So my approach, and I focus on the math and science, uh, my approach is that I look at those standards and um, we're always trying to get really, really in depth. So I'm definitely not a teacher, and neither is my coworker, Jonathan Waters, not a teacher who is going to have students doing 50 problems a night or whatever and and demanding an hour of homework a night or and we can get into my thoughts on homework too <laughs> but uh my philosophy is like let's take three problems and let's work those things inside and out and really unwrap them and understand them at this very deep level um instead of having this algorithmic approach so I love mathematics. I have my master's degree in it. I honestly, I graduated high school thinking I would never take another math course ever again. And I came back to it after a four year break and got my undergraduate in math. But um, I found that uh, I really didn't respond to the high school uh, approach of teaching math. And um, I didn't learn well from it. And I never learned how to struggle. And uh, for me, I, I was good at math, I was good at math, and then all of a sudden I wasn't when I got to trigonometry and algebra two, and I did not know what to do when it came time to struggle. I didn't know how to work hard. I didn't know how to unwrap a problem and think critically about it. And I basically gave up, you know, I got by, um, but I, I didn't engage with that anymore. And so that's always been in the back of my head of um, I want there to be struggle and I want them to know how to struggle and persevere through a problem. In fact, that's one of the mathematical practices. We've got eight of them that we try to try to impart to them in all subject areas. So persisting in a difficult problem. 
Uh, and that's that's what I want them to do. And why is that? Well, because life is full of difficult problems that require persistence. And it's not actually full of solving the quadratic equation um, or factoring polynomials. And that drives me nuts. I'm like, why are we still doing that? Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Don't get me started. Yeah. yeah. As you as you know, I have a senior in high school. And <laughs> yeah, you know, we talked about that earlier. And, and I remember looking at problems and thinking, surely this is going to lead somewhere important because I don't really understand how that has anything to do with anything in the real world. Yeah. And if you're an engineer listening, you might get mad at me right now. Um, and that's okay. But the truth is that our math curriculum is designed for like 4% of the people in the world, in the, in the, in the workforce, right? The only people really like using calculus or your engineers, okay, you got some biologists, yeah, your physicists, that's actually not very many people. And thank you for those of you who do those things. You're awesome. Um, and everyone else, the fact that you struggled with math, like come back to it. I want to invite you back to math because it is so beautiful. And, um, and our curriculum that you had to learn in high school did not serve you well, right? Um, and so I try to bring the beauty of mathematics into the classroom um, so that they can appreciate it and that it's not just like this suffer fest of applying algorithms that I don't understand and and just like going through the motions. Like, I don't want that kind of empty experience for students. I want them to see the beauty of it. In fact, every day in math, we would go to data is beautiful um, on Reddit and we would look at visual data and talk about how cool it is and what this means and how do we represent the world with numbers and and in this analytical way. So that it's exciting. It's super fun uh, if, if you get to do it right. <laughs> I think it's exciting that you're excited about being a teacher. You know, I, yeah. I, I think I've never been a teacher, but I suspect it's easy to get worn down. And you know, to be passionate about the program and about the way you want to teach and uh, about about kids like Sam, I think it's super commendable and something that all teachers should be recognized for, not, not just the ones that teach a little bit out of the box. So Sam, when you talk about the curriculum that you go through, the, the sort of the modifications to the standardized curriculum that, that you've experienced, can you just describe a little bit about how your curriculum might be different than a curriculum that a regular high school kid might go through? Yeah. Um, I'm going to again, tie this back to Bozeman high because that's really the only high school I remember. Um, compared to here, they just, it was all busy work. If it wasn't busy work, you had a teacher that didn't care if you did the work and you either got burnt out two days into the school year or you did jack squat and passed because the teacher didn't want to teach you here the, it's there's very little busy work if at all so most of the work we do is um it's not bare bones it's the important stuff but magnified i guess and the fact that i th i think maggie and jonathan um really want to teach us and have fun teaching us makes it all that much better all that much better for us because we can engage with them they give analogies that make sense to us rather than just and rather than just standing up at um up at the front of the room talking to us they talk with us um they're open for correction for lack of a better word if they misspell something <laughs> um, or yeah it's it's really interactive compared to uh gen ed do you feel like your your peers in class have the same feeling about the educational experience that they're getting now I would say so, yeah. And so you mentioned, or uh, Maggie mentioned earlier that you're into creative writing. What do you think your future holds? Um, 
I don't know. Um, I'm trying to keep an open mind and just see where the path takes me. I would love to become a teacher um, or a writer or both. I'm actually working on something right now that I think is terrible, but I've had a lot of people who are not terrible. I've gotten a lot of encouragement from my dad, who was a teacher, and now he works at um, Mountain Parks Electric, and a bunch of old friends of mine from Bozeman. But yeah, being here has allowed me to cultivate cultivate that, um, given me the drive to continue writing and to want to share not only what I've done, but what other people can do to other people to, I guess, show them possibilities. Hey Maggie, how do you pull that that desire and creativity out of out of people like Sam? Um, you know, it's actually uh it's not hard once people feel safe. Um I tell my students this all the time. I say that I'm your math teacher and that is not my highest priority, you know, not even close. My highest priority is to um, help these guys achieve wellness. A lot of them have trauma, you know, a lot of us have trauma everywhere. Um, and, and what's cool about this population of kids is that they just saw that, um, that there was something different, right? That um, they could succeed despite that trauma um, and these hardships that they've gone through in their lives. And in a lot of ways, unfortunately, and I, and I really respect my colleagues a lot, and I, um, I see that they also are doing good work. So I don't wanna act like, you know, I'm a superior teacher, but we are given, uh, like Sam said, this, this sense of ease and in that ease, we are able to let students be where they're at. Um, and so if a student, for example, um, some of them are, are grieving, like actively grieving, and they've lost parents um, or they've lost other important things in their lives. And I can say to them, like, I see you and I see your grief. And right now, uh, you're you're outer brain, right? I talk about their brains all the time because this is super important. I say that your logical brain is not online. If you're triggered or if you're in this in this crisis right now, that's not online. So what the research shows us is that anytime that we're dysregulated, our, our uh, amygdala is firing, telling us that we're under threat. Um, our brains don't know the difference between a threat that's physical, like a lion that wants to eat you, or a threat that's emotional, that is giving you anxiety or um, in, or some kind of other emotional crisis. It doesn't know the difference, right? And so the, the job of the brain then is to survive. And the job of the brain is not to do math, right, when you're trying to survive. And so um, they, the sense of ease that Sam mentioned is, um, our ability to connect with the students and, and take the time to understand what they're going through. And that can change every single day, right? Okay. Today, your logical brain is offline. Literally. I mean, if you, you can watch like PT scans of people's brains and they're having a flashback and the outer brain is not working. So, uh, I can't expect a student to do math or physics or English in that moment. And so what do we do? We give them space to get better, right? Even if that's for the day, um, if that's for, for several weeks. I have a student right now um, who is so terrified to just step foot in the high school that our goal is to get her through a school day. Um, and we're going to start there. I'm like, my primary goal is for you to learn how to feel safe in this environment. And we're going to expand the time that you can spend in the school. We're going to expand your window of tolerance so that you're able to access that logical part of your brain more and more often. And when you're not, that's okay too, right? So we come at education with that lens and, um, and we give students space to not be okay when they're not okay. And what that does is it lets them feel safe um, and, and they don't, they no longer have to deal with shame, which is a huge issue in education. If you ask me is like, 
we are so shame-based like oh you didn't do your homework johnny and so you better miss recess like what are you kidding me why didn't a student do their homework well probably right probably because they didn't have the resources to get it done not because they're trying to give the teacher a big f you um, and not because they they want to miss recess or want to get a zero, it's because they didn't have the resources to get it done. So in my view, and in, and this isn't like something I invented, this is from research, homework is actually a scale of your economic well-being and not a, not a measure of your intellect and not a measure of your academic ability or anything. All it measures is how nice your house is, how calm your house is, and how supportive your parents are, right? Um, and then if you don't have those things, then you fail. That is so not fair to me, right? So I have a problem with that. Um, and, uh, and so we don't have homework in the class. I asked them, and, and here's the other thing. I have eight hours a day with you guys. I can't get my job done in eight hours. I got to make you go home and do homework for three or four more hours. Come on. I got these hours, I'm gonna teach you right here, right now. And then you get to go be a human. You get to just go exist for a while. Go be a, go go be a kid and have some fun. Exactly, exactly. So so there's my rant about homework. Um, but uh, in, in that way, they feel safe. And so that was a very long-winded answer to your question of how do we draw that creativity out? Well, when a person feels safe and loved and supported, the creative brain gets to come online and it brings itself out. Yep. So I don't have to draw on that at all. They, it's ready to go, right? As soon as somebody feels safe and loved and supported. So that is what we strive for. And then the creativity is a really great byproduct of that. Absolutely. I, go ahead. Um, what you said, Maggie, reminded me of something, the homework, um, which is another benefit, I think, to crew. Back when I was living in Montana, I was doing online school because of the pandemic. It was a nightmare. Not only did I have a terrible um, home life when my parents were home, um, my mother and stepfather, but my normal school day for me was 11 p.m. to 4 or 5 a.m. And when I wasn't doing homework or schoolwork, I was so tired and I'm be honest, so depressed, I couldn't function. Here, I get up at like six. I come here after eating breakfast with my family. When I get I get a good education, when I go home, I can sit by the fire, I can play Xbox, I can talk with people without having to worry about something I have to do tomorrow. It's not just relieving, and I'm sure anyone who has had that level of homework can testify that the stress lifted off. Like people say, oh, can you feel the burden lifting off your shoulders? For me, that was a literal feeling. That was a literal sensation of I could feel myself relax and I think I audibly said, thank Jesus. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for you, Sam. I, I think everybody deserves the opportunity to excel in whatever means or method they have available to them. And you clearly came from a tough spot and you're here now and in Grand County. And I can tell you, Grand County is the biggest small town you'll ever live in. Everybody <laughs> cares about everybody in Grand County. Well, let's talk a little bit about what happens. Uh, what happens to the program next? Where do you where do you see it going, Maggie? It's you're in the end, going into the end of the fourth year. Um, what do you think is next? Um, well, like I said, I think we are um, we're hitting our stride with where we're at right now, and um, we look to have uh, you know this year we've got eleven students right now. We have a few we have fewer students because of the pandemic. We had. Some students go online or transfer to, you know, Colorado Academy, whatever. Um, so shooting to have like 14 kids um, as is, and we'll continue with this model. I feel like it's working really well. Um, we're always looking for partners in the community, right? So we got 
Rocky Mountain Wooden Boat School. The kids go up and they refurbished a boat. Uh, we'll hope to hope to get that out on the water and get sailing. We're getting some uh, USA Sailing certified instructors that um, worked with our, our dinosaur guy, Dino John, and, and he showed us his shop and, and showed us how he does all that stuff. We've worked at the YMCA and with National Sports Center for the Disabled to help with their riding program and their in their grounds out there. Um, helped out at the elementary school with their Nordic Rocks program, getting the little little guys out on cross country skis, and so my students are out there helping them. Um, so you know, just more more of the same. And these projects, I think, are making really good connections and getting these guys really good exposure and confidence. Um, and and continue on the successes that we've had. So I, uh, at the moment, don't wanna make any changes, but I will be lying if I'm not trying to make some big shifts to East Grand School District. You know, I, I would love to see this program grow and be accessible to more and more kids. You know, we have kids apply, everybody applies to be in the program. And unfortunately, because of our size and some limitations, we can't take everybody. Um, but what I would love is really to have a whole wing of the high school that, that does what we do. Um, the HTI program, Homegrown Talent Initiative, is a program that we, uh, the school district, as well as West Grand School District, kind of enrolled in. And the idea is to get kids out in the community. And it turns out that all of the HTI ideas are basically what crew was already doing, which was kind of funny. <laughs> Um, and so I'm like, you know, maybe we could merge with HTI and and make this a mainstay at the high school. Um, and so that, you know, your engineers, your future engineers, which we have in Grand County, we got bright kids here for sure. And if they want to take that AP path and they want to get through calculus and, and the AP physics, we've got that for them, right? We're there. We're providing um, that really rigorous uh, STEM kind of kind of background. That's awesome. And then at the same time, um, can we just honor the fact that not everybody's going down that road and do that on a bigger scale? So I would really love to make that happen. And it's ambitious and it's a little bit radical. Um, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> and I, I and, I'm, and I'm okay with being patient as well. So. I think that every year that we have is a testament to what um, what the potential is when you get kids feeling um, safe and and enjoying school, right? Like Sam was saying, that burden it's not it's not a burden, and all, uh, almost all of our students say, "I like coming to school. I'm I'm happy to come to school now," and that's a huge success, you know, just to hear those words, and then you see it in more tangible ways, like you see nobody's getting detentions in this group. Nobody's getting expelled in this group. Like we've been four years in this program and I think we've had like two suspensions, you know, out of all these kids who uh, come to us with behavioral things that that keep them from being successful in the classroom, right? So it's like, look, you, you make this environment and people thrive. People do well if they can. Students do well if they can, right? So I want to make um, this this ease, this um, time, uh, the relationship. I want that to be accessible for all students who want that, right? So Sam, I got a question for you, and I want you to think about this for a second before you answer. You and I and Maggie all know that there's other kids out there like you that could use this program. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? to help them be comfortable stepping forward and asking for help? I would say to them that <laughs> um, this is a complicated question. Um, I would say to them, mainly, <sighs> it's not every day you get an opportunity for a good education, no homework, and 
peace of mind. Um, I think a good quote from someone is peace is priceless is the peace of mind, peace of the ease. If you're going through some tough stuff, I could probably relate to you. Just know that Kruk class specifically, we've all gone through that. You're not alone. And we, not just Maggie and Jonathan, the teachers, but all the students would love to help you through anything you need help with. And if that's just you need help with education, we'll help guide you through it. If you need mental assistance, one of us, if not Maggie or Jonathan, one of the kids would love to talk to talk you through it. Um, if you, I'm not the one to be saying this, but if you really want a friend, it's the easiest thing in the entire world to join this class. No one likes fitting in in this class. Mm -hmm. No one tries to fit in. And because of that, everyone fits in. So I don't care who would want to join, where they come from, if they've had a perfect home life or a home life that's worse than mine. You don't have to fit in to fit in. It's just we are ready and willing to help you. And if you if you need something other than general education, there's always this. I don't know if there would be anything else unless that program that Maggie mentioned earlier that I don't remember the name of because I have the attention span of a gerbil. But you yeah. outward bound. Outward bound. Yeah. It's it's worth it. It's worth the exercise. It's worth the it's it's worth the being in school. I don't I can't I the only downside I see to this program is that it's not more than one. It's er, let me rephrase that. It's not going on everywhere. If I had known about this when I was living in Bozeman, my life would have been orders of magnitude better than it was. And I think that's a great question, John, of like, how do we encourage people to ask for help and, and to uh, and to reach out to this offer of help? Um, that is another, you know, really important philosophy of mine is I just want T-shirts that say model getting help. <laughs> and so I go out of my way to model getting help. Right. I, I don't have the trauma um, in my background that a lot of these students have. Um, and so does that mean that I couldn't benefit from help? No, right? Like there's no threshold. This, this is what drives me crazy about our whole society. We think that there's some threshold of like how bad it has to be before we can go get help. Like I don't need to go to counseling because it's not that bad, right? So like, what is that bad, right? Where is that line? It does not exist, right? So if if everybody is like, oh, okay, I can model getting help, right? And then it, it becomes more acceptable, uh, then everybody feels more willing to receive help. So I go to counseling, right? I, I see Andy Thomason, he's awesome down at Luna Counseling. Uh, and I did that first because I was experiencing some vicarious trauma, right? Like these kids have serious stories and hearing them, it was enough to be overwhelming for me. Um, and I hit this point last year and they were really heartbreaking. It was hard. I was not sleeping. I was thinking about them constantly. And I was like, you know what? I think I need to, to manage this, this burnout factor, this vicarious trauma. So I went and, and, and saw Andy and in that process, I was like, oh, you know what? Like maybe I could work on some things and that would actually be okay. So I'm so grateful that I did get to that point because it just opened my eyes to like, 
okay, you know, anybody can benefit from this. And it, it, I felt so silly in, in one of my counseling sessions because I was like, you know, Andy, I think I want to talk about like maybe some of my issues and not just work. <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah. Okay. Sure. Maggie, like I needed permission to do that. Right. Um, but it did, I, I needed to come around to that. And so, you know, to whoever's listening, I'd say, well, how do you help how do you make an impact in the world? How do you help populations who are at risk? You get help. You get help for yourself. That's like number one, because, you know, there there's so many benefits to that, right? Like I can't fill Sam's cup if my cup is empty. I have to fill my cup and he gets what overflows. Same for all my students, right? We got to fill our cup first and we can do that with help and we model we model receiving help so that it's acceptable to everyone. And in that way, we get new relationships and we get a new perspective on life and we get a new perspective on struggle, right? Like struggle is now an opportunity to connect with someone who can help me through it. So I see, I see things in this different lens. Um, you know, this, this job has taught me a lot and I love that. I'll be forever grateful for that. Well, this has really been wonderful. Sam, I got to tell you, I'm super impressed with you. I wish you the best. I think I may have to come to, to Middle Park High School and look you up, shake your hand. <laughs> Maybe once the whole virus thing is over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on the other side. I already had it. And I'm, I hope to get my, my shot here in the not too distant future. But I'll come look you up. All Maggie, right. I'm... I'm so excited that you that you reached out. I love this program. I just think that what you're doing is extra special and there's a special place for you for all the extra work and extra effort that you and all the rest of the teachers put in the time, the energy, the love, the emotion, all of that. So thank you on behalf of all the people that have never thanked you before. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> And thanks to Grant County for being a community that, you know, supports something like this. We couldn't have done it without our students who took that leap of faith, couldn't have done it without our administration who took that leap of faith. And we sure couldn't have done it without a lot of people in the community. So, you know, thanks to everybody that's listening, that's heard of crew and, and given us a little bit of wind in our sails. Fantastic. This is Grant County Matters.